What'd you do? All right, let's get to it. Another episode of The Side Eye. I am Robert Brown. And I am Kay Clark. And today we are coming to you fresh off July 4th weekend. Well, Monday, this Monday kind of feels like an extension of it. So here we are. Uh, it's still July 4th. If you don't celebrate July 4th, that's cool because we really don't either. I mean, honestly, I don't know any black person that ever really took the 4th seriously. We were just happy. <laughs> Just happy to have the day off and be around family and pop fireworks. It, all that freedom shit was never really uh, the forefront to me anyway. It was pretty much. Right. And today episode, we pretty much talking about uh, what, a, what a favorite thing of mine, a favorite subgenre of film is the beloved biodoc. The biodoc slash documentary. Biopic slash documentary. And um, if all y'all out there our age, which is like, you know, uh, pretty much uh, the millennial crowd, and uh, got love for the, the, the millennials too, the Z, uh, Gen Z too. But um, you grew up watching Selena, What's Love Got to Do With It? Uh, Temptations. What's another one? Yep, yep, the Temptations. Um, the few people that thought the five heartbeats were real. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's another? Uh, little, little Richard had one with uh, Leon in it. Yeah, that was a lot of people forget about that one. Yeah, that yeah. was good. That was yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that one got that one got a little bit lost in the mix. I think, but yeah, yeah, one. Um, Frankie Lyman, which was I know that it made it to a comedy, but to me, it was still sad. <laughs> Why do fools fall in love? Yeah, mm-hmm. that that one that was big doing when it came out, but I think after the years, it's kind of been like. A little lost in the sauce too. Well, yeah, because I mean, he really was. I mean, I mean, he was big in his day, but like, it, I think he had like, such like a short window that, that he had like, kind of had the one song and like a couple other ones, and then he kind of, you know, the, the, it was so much. In the movie was about the tragedy of his life than the than the talents. Much, you know, you know what I mean? At least when I watched it, you know, because it was about you know he had he had like the, the three wives and they had like some humor in there. But like I said, to me, sometimes like I hear that song. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's a bop. But sometimes it just makes me depressed here in that zone, you know, because I just think about, you know, you know, the story right. behind it. So, <laughs> right, another good bio uh, biopic that uh, stands the test of time to me, even though it was like a mini series, was the Jackson's American Dream, oh, yeah. the one ABC did. Mm-hmm. Man, I feel like everybody has watched it. I feel like I didn't watch it. But in, in its entirety, until I got a little older, I remember when it came out in the promo, mm-hmm. and I watched like bits and pieces of it. I didn't know it was that damn long. Well, yeah, but I remember I actually can vaguely remember when it actually came on like in real time, like because that was mm-hmm. like night ninety two. I know it was like two nights because it was like two 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 uh nights of a two hour miniseries basically, so four hours all together, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely see why it was that long because the time they spread it out. So, you know, right. Of course, it's you know, they, go ahead. I was saying they go from when uh, Joe and uh, Catherine first meet all the way to what Thriller. The, uh, the, yeah, uh, right, right to like the Victory Tour is where they end. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I mean, because because I, yeah. I, I remember when I got especially when I got older, I felt always felt a little bit tight that they didn't include Janet, you know, at all really. 
I mean, they had yeah, you could got baby Janet. Yeah. Right. They, they were, I mean, they just afraid of saying, like, you know, she's taping like a TV show or whatever. Because at that point, she'd been doing like doing fame or whatever. But like, I mean, damn. I mean, just like a nine two. It's like this is post control and nation. You know, like she was a superstar. Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't give her nothing. I, mean, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if it was issue of her maybe being vocal not to be mentioned. I don't know. Maybe because I mean, she 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 was kind of going through her like you know trying to assert her own independence thing at that point. So. Right, right, right. So yeah, maybe that was the case. But we're just talking about biopics, documentaries involving some of our favorite acts. Uh, talking about the longevity of biopics. Uh, uh, what's some of our favorite biopics? Do biopics still matter? Which they obviously they still do. And um, yeah, we're just going around that. Uh, so Kevin, what's you? Know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be five, but give me a few of your favorite biopics and why. You hold them in such like high um, regard. Oh, uh, okay. Five of them. Uh, I mean, I always watch you, Ray. You can do five. Okay. Or you can do three. Okay. I, I always always watch Ray when it comes on. So I guess it'll be one of them. Uh, Temptations was a good one. Um, well, I mean, well, Ray. Both of those because I didn't know much about Ray Charles beyond just you know somebody I somebody age. You know, I think Ray Charles. I was thinking like those um, Coke ads. You know, from like the early nineties. You no, know, right. I didn't know. I didn't know much about him. So you know, that's that was the main thing with that. The temptation, same thing. Uh, but, but more so, the older, older I got, I kind of looked at how you know just how hard it is to like get to that place as far as like the top, I guess you can call it, and also just to maintain that and all the like interpersonal conflicts and just the ups and downs and like you know the trying to maintain a sense of like I guess you can call it brotherhood, especially between oldest and blue. You know, that it really, you know, it kind of really rings true in terms, especially when you get older and you look back at it, you know, all the changes they must have gone through. Because you think about how young everybody was when they broke through, you know, you think about what it's basically like a bunch of kids, basically. Um, that was one. Uh, even though, like, it's not totally accurate, uh, what's love got to do with it, I guess, is one I'd watch a lot. Um, like then we've already mentioned the Jacksons, just like, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, just the the lines and stuff, just notable quotables in that movie. Just like, you know, especially when Captain caught Joe cheating, she was just like, you know, I heard him. I heard everything. She's been in his house. Yeah, I've been. No. She's like, snap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, but anyway, that, it's, it's a good one. It's, it's good. Uh, uh, despite the omission of Janet. Um, and then the last one, try to think. Um, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I watched it enough to put it in the top five, but uh, I, I like Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, uh, especially, you know, focusing around uh, a gay man in that era of, like, you know, 70s, 80s, uh, even though he didn't particularly didn't come out until he, until he died, but still, you know, just, I guess, the examination of, like, um, searching for his own identity and trying to make his own peace within himself, but also with his family and just, you know, that whole thing is, is, was something that kind of, that, uh, Rang true. Then of course the performances were great. I know people gave uh, the, the actor uh, problems for lip syncing, but I mean, when it's somebody like Freddie Mercury, I would rather somebody, I would rather have somebody that looks like him that can't sing and, but can act than somebody who who can sing but can't act out of a paper bag. So right, and he really he really took that role on because he looks like he oh yeah really he, like yeah him. he really did the, the overbite everything the the the, 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 the voice and, the, and all that yeah. About yep. You. So, ooh, okay. I'm gonna go with my 
probably the first biopic I saw, I can remember singing and really getting it, gravitating to was La Bamba. Oh, okay. Yeah, La Bamba, I really fuck with La Bamba. I, I like Lou Diamond Phillips as an actor, and he used to come on HBO all the fucking time. So I really gravitated to it. Um, I found it to be a really good movie. Uh, and then it was different seeing, it was an artist I had no knowledge of. You know, I didn't grow up with him. Mm. Uh, but it was really good to see that history of it. Uh, and, you know, I think the tragedy of him passing away so young. Uh, another one would be Purple Rain. Oh, yeah, that's the extra, yeah. Yeah, I love Purple Rain. Purple Rain was like um, a movie I felt like. You, you ever watch something as a kid and you watch it for the most reason because you know you're not supposed to watch it? That's how I was with Purple Rain. I was like, I ain't yeah. supposed to be watching this, but I'm going to watch it. You know, Trying to feel grown as the grown, as the older people say, you know. I watched. I loved it. Uh, the the live the performances. I mean, uh, he did Purple Rain, uh, Morris Day, and the Time. It just, I mean, I we we all know Purple Rain. Why? Yeah. It's a classic. Um, another one. I would have to go with Selena, even though I've never watched the whole movie all the way through. Me neither, actually. <laughs> it's just one of those movies you watch and. You've seen every bit and piece of it that you can just put it together yourself. Mm-hmm. But just the impact of it. Like, I've never met a black woman in my lifetime, in my age group, that didn't know Serena, Selena word for word. Like, right. I, I was, I'm kind of surprised by it, actually, when I think about it. Because even like, I hear like a, which is about somebody like a mention, like a little bit like Selena, and all, all of a sudden you hear somebody go, beady, beady, bum, bum. Like, I just go, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, it, it, it was that that movie was huge, and and also and also I I, I like I want to go back and look at the box office numbers. I don't know, but from what how I perceived it, watching it so much on like cable TV, it felt like it was like uh, the number one movie in America for weeks. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously it was popular enough because it launched, you know, the Legend of J Lo. You know, so it, had, so it had it had to make some impact on the box office because it wouldn't have launched a career. So, but I don't know. I'm not sure how much how big it was. I mean, I would think you know at some point it had to come out not not at the same time as Titanic because once that came out, of course, it just it just obliterated everything else. So, right, right, right. So yeah, that was a good one. Uh, and like I, I gotta give Ray his flowers, man, because I didn't know shit about Ray Charles. All I knew was hit the road, Jack, yep. the Pepsi commercials, and he was on a few episodes on the nanny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's all I knew. And so when I watched this movie, see how influential he was and um how roguish he was too. And yeah. uh <laughs> yeah. And how, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I like the messy parts of the artist. I like I love seeing the shit you didn't know. Like that's why I used Love behind the music growing up. I love mm-hmm. that message, like the drug habits and the infidelity and all that shit. The label, the label world was always interesting to see. Like, man, this game is really ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, well, some of the, you know, watching it, you know, I guess even now with age, because at the time, like, you know, it was like 04 when they came out. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking about how did like his wife feel and like, he would have people writing songs like uh, Nighttime is the Right Time, like basically his mistress is like singing lead to him. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is that? What, how, what is that like? What is the, you know, how do you, I mean, how do you deal with that conversation? Or even like, uh, what kind of man are you? Another mistress sung that, but she was, she was singing mm. home, she was singing home demise, but still, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah, that's interesting, man. As, as 
I like that baggage of it, like the the messiness of their lives. Cause like we, by the time we got Ray Charles, he was sanitized. You know, it was like yeah. he was this great artist and all that. But then you get Ray, it's like whoa, it peeled back those layers. Like mm. you got some ugliness there too. And I think that's the good thing about biopics because it introduces another generation to an artist that they didn't have. Right. So yeah, that's that's how what it, so it, it you, makes them makes them real, I guess. But go, what you about to yes. say? Was, to you, what makes what are the ingredients for a good biopic? And then what are some biopics that you've seen that you were like, that could have been better if they would have did this or that? Uh, makes a good one to me. I guess the wilderness like show the unattractive sides or, or show the, the flaws and show them in like a real way, not like a cartoonish sort of like you know. Uh, over the top way is, and but of course you know, large people are large in life. They they, they may say that term for a reason because they live these grand lives. But at the same time, with it, if they're dealing with like addiction or or with relationship problems or like with you know, childhood trauma stuff, everybody has that stuff. So I guess it's a way a way of portraying that in a way that even if it is like fantastical, it's you can still relate it to it. like even like going back to Bohemian Rhapsody. Obviously, Freddie Mercury was like a large in life person, but the whole thing in the movie was he's that person on stage but also he doesn't he doesn't know quite what to, what to do with himself and so he loses himself by being quote unquote Freddie Mercury off stage and like, at least to, to the movie's point the way he, he the way he makes peace with himself is to basically reconnect with, with the people that he's lost which is his bandmates which is his former girlfriend now you know friend uh you know so Really exploring some what makes someone tick and and, and doing that in a in a way that uh, humanizes them doesn't necessarily make me have to like them, but that you understand why they why they behave the way that they do, you know. Um, so I think that makes a good biopic. Uh, obviously, if it's music, then of course performances. You know, like I said with Freddie, you know he didn't sing. He sound, I think his name is uh, Sammy. I think it's like pronounced. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, if you know. He didn't, he didn't sing, he lip sync, but still, I believed him, you know, when they did a whole live live A thing or, or the gigs they showed with Queen, you know, he really challenged that big persona that Freddie had on stage. So that's, of course, that's a big part of the music biopics. Um, and then, so that's, I mean, that's, that's probably that's the two main things, is that showing the human side and not being afraid to show, you know, the the, the more, maybe the unflattering parts, uh, but, and also, uh, respecting the catalog, I guess, or respecting the, the artistry, um, mm. and the and the work that kind of went into it. Um, as far as bad biopics, I mean, Aaliyah comes to mind. It's Ooh, terrible. that's number one. <laughs> that was terrible. You know, I, and you know, I don't even know why I watched it because I mean, Wendy Williams and you know, just I, it, just, it just felt like a, just a a cash grab. Like it, she and I mean, of course, she wasn't gonna look exactly like Aaliyah, but she and Talk like Leah. She didn't sound. She didn't really like sound like Leah. To miss the like strangers, like they didn't even look like like like, like the, the real life selves. Of course, they couldn't use any of her music because of the estate, you know. Which that's I'm not even sure what their what they're thinking is behind that. Her stuff's not even on Spotify. But so that was a problem too. And just like her, like being Dame Dash, he didn't like who he was. And it just it just was terrible because it, it, it I didn't learn anything about Leah. Um, at all, you know, anything new about her, which to be fair, it's already tough for her because the tragedy of the life of her life was that her life was cut short. So a biopic is necessarily gonna be exciting with her because um, you know, that once she didn't live much of life, unfortunately. Uh, you know, and beyond 
you know, her interaction with R. Kelly, she didn't have much scandal. She didn't have much of a, it was much fraud and stereo for the what's up there. Unfortunately, she didn't live to tell it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one. Uh, shoot. Uh, another bad one. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, you go and I'll think of another one. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm like you, man. What makes a good biopic? The mess. The mess. <laughs> we we here for the mess. We want to hear the mess. We want to see. Because I, I, I think I told you this in the pre-show meeting. Every biopic has the same formula. Mm. The rise, the fall, and then the redemption. That's Those the three beats every biopic hits. Mm. So if you get those right, you know, you, you got a win on your hands. Then the music. We here for the hits. We want to hear the hits. We want to see our favorite moments. You know, you can't, like the Jackson uh, movie, they had to do the Motown moment with the moonwalk. Like mm. you gotta have that in there, or um, with the uh, who else? Purple Rain, mm. the the scene when he did it, you know, Purple Rain, uh, the song. Um, you just gotta have those mo- uh, uh, Ray when he did Georgia. Yeah, you, yeah, you gotta Purple, have those moments. Purple Rain is interesting to me because and you go back to which one you don't like. Is whatever. I saw this. I saw this real quick. Purple Rain is interesting to me because um. You know, think about we talk about Ray and Temptations, and even the Jacksons. It's like they're basically they're basically looking back at the past. But with Purple Rain, he was like doing it like in real time. He was like making his own, telling his own life story while he was still he was like twenty five at that point. You know, uh, so in a way, he was like telling a story, but he also was like creating his own myth at the same time. Exactly. Um, now, bad biopics. <laughs> First number one with a bullet is "Man in the Mirror" with Flex Alexander <laughs> playing. Michael yeah, forget Jackson. about that. Yes, I it, I feel like it's been erased from the from the record books because yeah, nobody talks about it. <laughs> but, but that I mean, was a mess. I mean, just you know, running around running around the middle land grounds and giggling all over the damn place. I mean, <laughs> and that makeup. Yeah, that makeup. Yeah. yeah, Michael Jackson looking dead. Like, oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't know the team behind that movie, but um, but yeah, it, um, another one you you mentioned. I'll piggyback on it is the Aaliyah one. Mm. Horrible, never should have happened. If y'all couldn't get the rights to her music, that's when you knew that you shouldn't have done that. Done yeah. it. Um, I I'm not gonna say this one was bad, but this one was kind of like, and it had one great, it had one great performance to me, but the TLC one, I found it lacking. I feel like it could have been better. Yeah, I'm on the fence about it because on the one hand, um, they, I like that they 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 took charge and like told their own story, but on the I don't like that they told their own story in the sense that I feel like they they probably sanitized a lot of their own, at least as far as T Boz and Chili, they probably sanitized a lot of their own stuff so that wouldn't they, they listen necessarily let it all hang out and part of it because it is a VH1, but also because they may not just they may just want to tell you know. The, the dirtier parts of their business, basically, or the, or, the, or the flattering parts of their business, like the whole incident with T, with T Boz and Mac 10 that happened, you know, before they got divorced. Or, you know, they, of course, they showed that, you know, uh, Dallas and, and Chile had their problems, but they didn't go really in depth in terms of like their problems. They showed them cheating, but they really, you know, they, they kind of, they, 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 it was like a glossy version of, of infidelity and romantic struggle. The person you got the most sense of was Lisa, you know, and, mm. 
possibly possibly because she's not here so you know she she wasn't on set saying no, i wouldn't i didn't say that no, i ain't act like that and no, i ain't do that no, i wouldn't have, i would but i think honestly i think lisa probably wouldn't have, probably been the one most willing to just say how it was that's how she was when she was alive um you know, so I think because I mean, like you think about like Last Days of Left Eye, good documentary. You know, she was always pretty transparent about what she about what she was dealing with. You know, compared uh-huh. to compared to the other two. So I think that's I think that's probably why. Uh, and then you know, uh, the actresses. You know, uh, and like um, she played Chili, uh Keith Palmer. I like Kiki Palmer. I like Juice Door, but I you know I'm not sure if they had the uh, emotional range for some of the stuff um, yeah i could little mama was the most she the was thing that I rem- yeah she was pretty good yeah, you know she got my damn nerves now but yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she was yeah yeah so i'm on the fence about it. i like i like it but i think they kind of presented the uh the uh sanitized version of the, story, of the story for them which is goes to my other point you know when it comes to biopics it's like what is the truth and then what is like maintaining the uh, the myth? That's and then what is branding? You know, that's kind of the two things. Like that's to me, that's, that's kind of the push focus. One thing I don't like typically about music box, box in particular is like there's usually a scene, like even in Ray, like early on, you know, he was struggling to kind of find his sound. Then at one point, you know, he he uh, came up with "I Got a Woman," and then they're in the club, and then Ahmed and Jerry Wexler coming walking in arguing about whatever about uh, how to go on tour or something like because Brown's pregnant and then you know Ray, Ray starts the song and then they get like the little uh the uh little grins the conspiratorial grins like oh this, this is gonna be a hit but, but to me what it, I'm not sure if that's totally honest because like they're playing on the knowledge we already have as an audience that this is a hit you know what I mean exactly like, you know because because really a lot of times with the big hits people sometimes doubt those like even with like I think about the Supremes and their first big hit was uh, Where Did I Love It Go? You know, but like they hated it. Like, you know, the group hated it. And when they asked, but the, the songwriters, Doja Holland, uh, asked to, to record it. And while she was recording that, Diana Ross, she was singing like she didn't care about it at all. You know, she sounded great. But then, uh-huh. became a big, then, but then it became a big hit and they loved it. You know, and a lot of times that's the story where the artist doesn't always like the song that, 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 that gets big. Like Tony Braxton hated, uh, um, break my heart but then it was a huge song same with boys and men and uh i'll make love to you you know so that's about you know so it goes back to like what is the truth and what is like maintaining the brand and, and maintaining right. the technology you know and i'm glad you said that because another one i had a problem with it wasn't bad per se it was it was well made but straight out of compton mm. like it was it was good like it was beautifully shot it had a good story but it was a lot of Brandon, because you know them damn shirts and the damn phrase, <laughs> straight out. Everybody had to straight out of, straight out of this, straight out of that, straight out of that. But I did not like how Dr. Dre just like, like he, you could tell his hands was all over it, just with the way he was portrayed. Like he was like this hero. He was like the person who rallied the troops, obeyed the group. You know what I'm saying? Like they had. I think the only moment of truth they had where it kind of like, kind of picked at his character was like when he kind of like uh was the one like kind of spearheading. Like leave, breaking up the group, and Ice Cube was kind of like, you know, y'all getting played, you know, y'all contract, y'all fucking up y'all money, whoop de woo. But I, I mean, obviously they left out the part with D bars, of course. Um, which I mean, like we don't have to touch too much on, but we know why. Yeah. Uh, then 
that was just the scene with Easy E. I did not like when uh, it's alluded that they shot, they injected him with AIDS that uh, people uh, take and run with. Because oh. I was, I think I, I don't know if you remember the scene, but they were beating him up, mm-hmm. and I think someone got a syringe or something. No, I forgot about it. I, I didn't. I, I didn't think I saw that. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole conspiracy theory about people Easy E getting injected with HIV. Like, first of all, this is yeah. <laughs> and second of all, like this this movie came out in 2015. Like, why, why are y'all doing it? Uh, I guess because they, you know, they got the. I don't know. It's even the part of the movie when um H. Now I didn't I didn't get mad at this scene. I can see how somebody else would get offended. When the doctor told him he had HIV, and he said, "But I ain't no." I I'm, 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 yeah, you say ain't no yeah. faggot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was. I wasn't. I mean, it wasn't good. But I was. If that's what he is, I took it as, as high, that's how he reacted. That's how he reacted. So right, exactly. And, and being a, a a black man in your twenties and the nineties mm. from from California, who performed gangster rap, that's how I honestly would expect him to respond. Mm. You know. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. But that movie, I remember actually, it's, it's somebody they they were review at the time, and it, and it and it kind of stuck with me. They said um, it's like they want they wanted to be both hard and good guys at the same time, and that's and that's and that really, I think what kind of gets back to what you were saying about Dre. It's like he he would they were using that's nothing about biopics too. It's like, like he's using the, the biopics like not so much show him show show himself as he was then. But to really rehabilitate his reputation. So instead of showing, maybe showing how he really was then, because I mean, you could go, everybody knows, you said, me, you mentioned D Barnes, uh, and just like, you know, at the mm-hmm. time, like he said, he, uh, you know, people around, people around said he was out there, his brother died, he was drinking a lot, and that, you know, he was, he got arrested a bunch of times, he was on house arrest, you know, so I mean, he, he and then like, some of that gets shown, but it's like, it's shown like, uh, it's shown in a way where it's like, you know, uh, it's minimized because I mean, there's other there's other women that have stories. They got because you got uh, Michelle who said that he was abusive. Uh, another white rapper, uh, female rapper, like I said, he punched in the face once. Like so, I mean, that stuff gets you know glossed over or not talked about. Uh, but of course, Deep Orange came to North because it's a matter of public record. She called the police. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, and I think um, it yeah, it just seemed like they did, it it just seemed like they. Um, like they, like they said, the review said they want to be both hard and good guys. It's even with Cube stuff, I remember um, his his behind the music was the pride of when I watched like once and that was it. Usually I would rewatch a lot of them, but that one I watched once and I was like, yeah, I ain't watching it again. Because it was like, yeah, I, I never watched it. I never watched it more than once either. Because it was like so it, was, it was like a highlight reel. It was like I didn't learn anything about you from watching. It. You just sat there with your glasses on the whole time, just talking about whatever. You know, I'm just <laughs> you know, something. So if, you, if that's if you can do that, why, why, why are we here? <laughs> you know, right? He's already I, that's how I feel kind of like about Notorious. Like Notorious was kind of trying to. I mean, these these people had human sides, you know. But I mean, I'm not gonna say Biggie was a horrible person, but this the nigga who rapped about you know kicking in your door, waving the fofo, and shooting, mm. your, shooting your 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 baby mama in the leg and shit. You know, you know. So they they had tried to do some hero building with him, you know, try to make it feel good to some man. We, we, I forgot the line they talking about. What's what, what's impossible? Nothing. Sky's the limit. All that. Mm. Yeah, you had you had obviously P Diddy hand picking. Uh, What's 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 um uh, what's his name Luke uh 
What's his name? Oh my god, he played uh, Antoine Fisher. Derek oh, Luke. Uh, uh, Derek okay, Luke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Derek Luke playing uh, P Diddy, which was a reach because, like, come on, man! Like, Diddy picked somebody he found very attractive <laughs> and was <laughs> very young. It was like, oh yeah, that's clearly me. So yeah, and um, Angela Bassett and woo the accent, man. <laughs> but, uh. Props the old girl who played Little Kim, who, who put who did a hell of a role. But you know, but you know, probably why she did a good job because Kim wasn't involved. Because if Kim That's was, because if Kim wasn't involved, with Christina Milian, because according to her, that was her shade, which like, mm, girl, look in the mirror. But uh, <laughs> no, I meant for my, you know, but that gets back from me. That's been in the question I, I wrote down. It's like, are, are biographies better when they're authorized or when they're unauthorized? Because like I said in, in two examples I mentioned. The uh, TLC movie, the best person that portrayed that person was uh, Little Mama's Left Eye, because Left Eye sadly is no longer here. But also uh, Notari, and uh, Notorious because Kim wasn't on set, so she was she didn't have somebody looking at her saying like I didn't I, I didn't react like that, even though she probably did, or I didn't say that when maybe she did. You know you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's like if the person is because I mean, it's it's hard for anybody to be objective about themselves when they when you're writing about yourself and trying to look at yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. But you you add celebrity onto that, you add career onto that, you add branding on on that, and sales and trying, you know, all that stuff that comes with being a quote unquote brand. Then it becomes even more difficult, you know. Um, which probably went into the the thing behind the video because I've heard, you know. Uh, I keep saying interviews like, like easy didn't believe in wearing condoms. It's probably why he got. I mean, obviously, it probably led to him being infected with HIV. It wasn't no needle, but right. they had to go with that for whatever reason because I guess that's the conspiracy theory. They didn't want to lose people who's gonna come out and see the movie, you know. You know, so mm-hmm. so it's like so that you know so and the movie with Dre is like you 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 show that he was wilding, but you can't show how much because that may turn a child like, well, I ain't about to watch this nigga beat up on women for two hours and, and share him on, you know. So, you know, so like it, that's that's there too, you know. Yeah, I, I think that that was what it was. Then like it was parts where Dr. Dre beat up some of Suge Knight's henchmen. I'm like, what, what are we doing? Like making him look like someone uh, like look made him look like Bruce Lee. He beating up blood. And I was like, what well, what is <laughs> it's, just, it's just man, it's just a lot. Of, and, and I don't it's, believe it's a give that. and take. It's like, yeah, we want you to come, we want you to be a, a part of the project so we can get the license for the music. Mm. But then it's another point where, like you said, with little girl playing little kill. But it's another point where you don't want him like trying to and make himself a hero or trying to make himself something he wasn't. I, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. bloods. <laughs> no. And then they asked him, he's like, I'm going to store my own label. And then that was the name of it, like Aftermath. I'm like, okay. Right, all cause, right. Because all you got to do is go back to his behind music because in behind music, he said, like, his breaking point was when he saw somebody get beat up while they, uh, he got he saw somebody get beat down for winding the tape too, too far back in a recording session. So it was like, if that's what right. I, if that's how it happened, then like all you did was like say like I had nothing, just slinked out, and like, you started your own label. That's fine too, because most people probably relate to that, because like most people ain't, ain't gonna beat a whole bunch of people down. So I'm, I'm out. Like it was like people <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, most of gonna be like shoot, I ain't I ain't with this no more. Let me exactly. Like, also, uh, side and start a label, you know. Yeah. Also, like you brought up behind the music in real life, I think he never was in the room with Easy when he died, but in the movie, 
they did a moment where he was like, you know, seeing easy and all that, sad. And I'm like, well, I think he, I, I don't remember, it's been a while since I've seen Bad Music, but I think he did go and visit him before he passed. I'm not sure if he was the other day before day he passed, but I think he saw mm-hmm. him before. The Ice Cube said he didn't say he saw him in New York, and then that was the last time he saw him. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a little, since it's some, you know, it's a little murky there, but. Yeah, and then also, oh, the Tupac documentary was so bad. I mean, the t- the biopic was so bad. <laughs> I didn't see that one though. I saw it. It was horrible. Oh, yeah. uh, and I feel like Tupac is such an interesting person. You could he's got so many layers and there's so I, many things you could have done. Yeah, and I think it's thing too when 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 somebody that complex or like what they said notorious. If like you ask ten people about Tupac, they give you ten different stories. And when it's somebody that you know out there not out there that's wrong but somebody i guess complex would be the right word then it, it can't be hard to kind of pin down somebody who can portray that and do it and or what side are you going to focus on you know in a sense so how are you going to like do it in a way where you're, you're kind of capturing this person as they were but it doesn't feel like schizophrenic to uh oh well another good one was uh bessie and I, I forgot about that, that was another that's one i watched a lot too yeah oh yeah yeah because yeah, i didn't know anything about her either so Oh, um, I guess we could say introducing Dorothy Dandridge too, huh? I actually never, I haven't seen that one, but yeah, I heard that's that a good one. one. Yeah. Or, um, um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, before we get ready to leave, you have to give us who are some artists you would love to see about who, who some artists you think would make great biopics about, like who's uh, missing. Well, they well, they're doing it. That they've done a bunch of a couple of movies on her already, and documentaries already, but I think. They haven't gotten it, they haven't gotten it quite right yet. I would say Whitney, mm. uh, you know, because typically with Whitney, if it's a documentary, they tend to focus on like the scandal and the drugs and Bobby and things like that, you know, um, which you know that was the part of as part of the story. Did you see the documentary, Whitney? I, I, I thought I seen that bo- was I seen bo- it's ain't both of them. That, in bo- that one was better than the, than the other one. Cannot be me. Uh, oh, okay, I haven't yeah. seen that one. Yet. And then the lifetime with Angela Bassett. I know some, I know some fans look at, look at that. It's it's like, okay. Yeah, some people look at look at it, look at that as a treachery, but I didn't look at look at it as like that. No, um, it was too much about Bobby though. That yeah, was, I think yeah, it's like they either focus too much on the drugs or they focus too much on Bobby. And it's like you know, everything was get lost is the fact that the reason why we like it in the first place is the voice. You know, so I mean, if there's, there's the there's a movie in development right now called I Want to Dance with Somebody. Uh, it's probably gonna come out either probably 2022, maybe 2023. I'm not sure, but you know, for that. I do want, of course, they can't ignore the addiction and, and the, the not so great parts of the first story, but I would like them to focus on, I mean, what is, how does she feel about her music? Did she like her music? You know, what was her process like in recording it? You know, I know she was like the one take queen, but like, you know, show some of that too. Show, show how, you know, she put the show together, how she came up with the, the arrangement with Ricky Minor, you know, and things like that, you know, show some of that stuff, you know. Um, so you know, I want to see the church background. Yeah, that too. In the church background, yeah, that, and that, so all, so that stuff. You know, go get into a little bit of the dynamics between her and Sissy. How, so how Sissy feel? You know, that her career took off and her as really didn't as a solo artist. You know, mm. um, not between her and her daddy. You know, and, and mm-hmm. her, her brothers. You know, just you know, her and Robin. Get into that because Robin told. I mean, I read, I read Robin's book because she had the best take on. It, I think so far out of all of them. I need to read Robin Bull. Yes, I think it's I, th- I thought that uh, the documentary uh, Whitney did a good job of incorporating incorporating who Robin was. Mm-hmm. I, I I hate that we didn't get to hear from Robin. We got to hear from the brothers who obviously didn't like Robin, mm-hmm. Bobby who didn't like Robin, 
Sissy, who everybody who didn't like her, mm. I hated that. But I, I'm glad they showed that dynamic between. It was a lot of footage I never seen too. Mm. I also liked that them they showed Whitney talking shit, talk because <laughs> it was a lot of nippy in there too. To her talking shit about uh, oh, Paula, mm. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> like damn. <laughs> I was like, okay. The girl sing key, sing off key on the record. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I like the footage they got, but I would love to see a movie incorporate some of those elements as well. Mm. The whitey, uh, the whitey Whitney shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Why, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, yeah, Al Sharpton lived that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ass. <laughs> ass. Yeah. So yeah, that's so that's so there's a lot there that doesn't get, get talked. It gets talked about, but it gets like talked about in terms of like that's why she got on drugs so i mean it gets it all gets fed back into like the addiction i think and the the music gets kind of lost in the mix of that stuff so i would like so so i think there's an opportunity there for whitney um i think mariah especially after her book came out she got some she got a netflix series in her for her story oh Uh, wow that was a good book too because i it was i ain't gonna lie with a lot i did not know about mariah i thought mariah grew up from this privileged background and Mm. Had a silver spoon in her mouth, and not at all. I did not mm. know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a Netflix series there, um, and of course, Madonna, Madonna biopics in, in the works. Um, hmm. You know, and I'm cautiously optimistic about that. <laughs> uh, right. Because she's playing. Because you know, she's co-written it with. She started with like Diablo Cody, uh, co-writing, it, and then she's planning to direct it. So. Uh, you know, my main thing about that, well, two main things, like, is what what are they going to focus on? Because you know, it's a very it's a very long career to focus on, um, and also uh, was some, I was watching listen, listening to a podcast about this, and, and it's, they they said you know what's going to be the emotional core of the movie. Um, that's another thing to me. You know, the thing is like um, on the one hand, one of our famous quotes was like, uh, "I want to conquer the world." Another thing she mentioned over and over again, these are through interviews and through song lyrics, is saying like um, after her mother died and her father remarried, she she like made a vow that she would never need another person. So it was like if you're very ambitious and you want to be in a position where you don't need anybody emotionally, then what does that feel like from the inside? Mm. Right, right, right. And how will uh, you? Uh, you are you more comfortable with? Somebody not famous playing Madonna, or do you want a big name to play Madonna? Ugh, I, I pity the girl that's, that's playing Madonna. <laughs> uh, just, ooh, the fans. I mean, um, I think I, I almost think it would have to be somebody that's not that well known because, like, somebody that's well known, it's like it's like you, it's like you got that person's persona and their celebrity mixed with this other person's persona and celebrity and it's like can i really spend this belief if for example uh scarlett johansson's playing madonna which i don't think that would happen but you know what i mean like it, it would have to be somebody who's either like completely unknown or somebody who's like known but not super well known because mm, madonna's like to me it's like it's a combination of like bitch goddess but also like vulnerable child like there's still that little girl in there that like lost her mom and like trying to like make people love her but at the same time you know she's ruthlessly she's like super ambitious at the same time and 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 it's like this huge force of nature and that's like a hard quality that's captured (laughs) yeah for sure 
TV movie you could do that would be like drawing a big audience mm. if you uh, told the whole story? Oh, speaking of groups, I forgot us. Uh, uh, Salt and Pepper was, uh, was pretty good, you know. Oh yeah, I forgot all about that boy. Yeah. You know that was a pretty good one. And then the Clock Sisters, David, that was a good one. I didn't because I didn't know that much Clark about them. Was good. Yeah, that was real uh, good. Yeah, that was that was two of them. Uh, but yeah, Involved would be a great one. Um, the Barges, that they know they got some stories. Uh, That'd be a good one. Uh, I can't. I can't think of nobody else I would care about enough. <laughs> and that's I, another I, thing too. Sometimes some movies come out and you don't know much, and then they they drag, they pull you in. You know, they, mm-hmm. they like Temptations. I for one wasn't a kid wanting to know anything about the Temptations until I watched the movie, and I was like, "Wow, this is a really good ass movie." And it, yeah, it pulled you in. So yeah, I would like to be surprised about an era. That I didn't know much about, and it pulled me in and made me want to listen to that music of making me a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 of course, everybody says Dream Girls, but I don't think Diana's gotten a, a proper biography, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that ain't, yeah, that don't count. It, that, it's, that was... <laughs> it's not gonna come from her because, you know, I, when I think about it, it's, it's like either people go like the Tina Turner route. Or they go the Aretha route in terms of like their own biographies. Tina route right. is like I tell you know, tell it all that that's in here, this is what it is. Uh, or as much as I want to tell, you know. And then, but the Diana Aretha route is like highlight reel, you know. Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, I'm on the fence too. I want people. I want artists to be comfortable with these movies and look back and say I was proud to be a part of Katina Turner. Not so much. I thought that was a good part of her documentary too, talking about the movie and how it was like, ooh, that's, you know, it was kind of touchy for her. And I, I, I respected her saying that because it was like all these years, you kind of thought it was something that she like liked or loved because it gave her so much, it, it extended her career to generations who didn't know her music. Cause I didn't know nothing about her until I saw the movie. But then at the same time, it kind of put her in a box. So mm-hmm. and it, it was, yeah. Yeah, I like that like they showed that because, like, you know, they showed kind of just, Clip of the clip of the clip of the clip of the, of the clip of like being being in interviews and like people asking her about like you know how'd you leave like how'd you leave like how'd you leave like and her to be kind of try, trying to like be polite but at the same time just sort of like you know you could tell she's like damn I got to talk about this again you know <laughs> you know it's just like cause that's the whole reason she wrote the book so she could talk she could, she could just get it out and then it, she thought it would be over with but of course you know the opposite happened you know mm-hmm. yeah exactly so yeah mm-hmm. but. So, man, biopics, man, love them or hate them, they are here to stay because people love these movies. You had Bohemian Rhapsody nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, the Elton John did pretty well. People like it. They're easy to make for the most part mm-hmm. if you get the right. So, well, these movies are here to stay. So, I mean, we might as well buckle up and get ready. They even got a David, um, David Bowie one out now. What they do? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, it's, it's getting... Bad reviews. I think I, I, ain't even, I ain't even heard about it. Oh well, well, one. I don't think it's entirely it's his fault or its fault. But the one with uh, Andre 3000 about uh, Jimi Hendrix. That's one they suffered because they couldn't use the music. Oh, that Hendrix going bad. Yeah, they couldn't. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think I mentioned that earlier, man. You you gotta have the catalog, or you gotta mm-hmm. be really creative to get around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to see Andy Winehouse one too. I forgot to mention her. Okay, yeah. I don't know who can play her, but I think it would be good to see. Yeah, I think the main thing is like because because they say that the, we mentioned like the the the, the uh, 
tropes are, are there usually, like the rise, the fall, the redemption, or the, or the arc. Anyway, I think the main thing is how do you make is to make it how do you make it interesting? You know, I think that's the main. That's how you kind of work around like avoiding the cliches. Is like how do you structure it in a way that feels interesting mm-hmm. and feels fresh? You know, right. I like I like certain ones that start at a certain point of an artist's career. I don't sometimes I don't necessarily have to see all the beginning because mm-hmm. sometimes this shit can be boring. But starting at a certain like if you started uh like I think the Whitney one started around the time when she just like I think the first album maybe I think so yeah yeah so I, I didn't have a problem with that the only problem with that was that it just became like the Bobby Brown movie too mm. but uh I, I don't have a problem with them starting at certain parts of a career. Or oh, even uh like James Brown, uh, J- the James Brown one with uh, Chadwick is like he they jumped around where it's like they they were like uh have him like playing they would like be playing a show playing a song and then he would be like transported back to some other moment, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's so that's really our takes on biopics and documentaries. Uh I hope y'all appreciate this episode. Uh I hope y'all like biopics because honestly, I think everybody does to an extent. You might not. It might not be your favorite genre, but you got at least one you like to watch mm-hmm. or one you know every song of. So that's that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, Kevin, any last words? Any last remarks? Uh, no, just, you know, just looking forward to what, what uh, biopics come out next. Hopefully got some quotable lines, you know. Right, Jackson. exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just hope we see signs that are true to the artist, true to the music. If you can't get the artist catalog, please just be creative. Just have them do some acapella performances. Show us some, uh, just get into the mess. If you can't get the music, just go all into the mess. <laughs> so, yeah. But once again, this is another episode of The Side Eye. Uh, we'll be back again soon. I uh, appreciate y'all listening. Uh, if you made it through the whole episode, thank you. We appreciate you. We just listened to five minutes and said, fuck it. Still, thank you. <laughs> you know, you, you took your time out your busy day. You took your attention and gave it to us. So we appreciate that. So once again, I'm Uptown Bobby, Robert Brown. And I'm Kate Clark. And we are out.